Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I am dangerously explosive, mostly after I eat dairy. He wants to teach me how to count. It's Mike. Mm, welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series, Star Wars Rebels. How is it going, Mike? It is fine. <laughs> is that just going to be your your stock answer from now on? I think that's how I always respond to that question. I, th- I here, okay. You want to? Can I go on a rant? Sure. I don't like when people ask me how I'm doing. Just like um, when I see them regularly, like if I see you every day, <laughs> I don't appreciate the question. How are you doing? It's fine from you because we we now we don't we don't live close, and I feel like when we say it, we actually mean it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually want to know how. I want you? to know how is. Mike doing how are you but like as a greeting I don't appreciate like hey <laughs> hey how's it going yeah it's just like you don't really want to know that right and like I also don't want to tell you I'm like that's a private question actually <laughs> um anyway so that's just a little rant of mine on, uh, as a as a daily how you you know if I talk okay. to you once a week or once a month it makes sense yeah. don't like it as a how are you doing that's fair I'm the same way with bless you Hmm. I just say Gesundheit. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that would be better. But doesn't that just mean bless you in German? I think it means good health. Oh, okay. I like that better. I mean, they're the same. They're they're the same idea. Yeah. It just feels like impersonal to me. It's like a knee jerk reaction. It's like you don't really bless me. It's yeah. like the whole like implications of what you're actually saying just weirds me out. And so I feel like a sociopath because also like people sneeze and I'll look at them directly and not say anything. <laughs> That's weird. That's a sweet power move, actually. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I think I think my because my um my grandparents are Italian. When someone says bless you, they say felicita, which mm. I think means like happiness or something. I don't know. I think they all basically his, culturally and historically all mean the same thing, which mm-hmm. is like, oh my god, you could die, you could be sick. So like <laughs> your soul's coming out of your nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say hello there. Hello there. I got. We got to figure out a good thing to say when people sneeze. Yeah, I'm just gonna start saying "gross, gross." <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> gross. <laughs> That's good. Sweet. You want to jump into this one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's mix up a quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode 12 of season 3, Warhead. While the rest of the Ghost crew and Phoenix Squadron are away on an exercise mission, Zeb is left in charge (laughs) of security at Chopper Base. At the same time, the Empire launches disguised infiltrator droids throughout the galaxy, and one lands near Chopper Base. Damaged by the Krickness spiders and losing its memory, it is taken by Zeb, Chopper, and AP-5. Once it realizes that it's inside a large rebel base, the droid's original programming kicks back in and it starts wreaking havoc. 
after a hard struggle, Zeb and the droids manage to take it down before it can transmit its position to the Empire, but the infiltrator activates a self-destruct device inside its... But. Uh, yeah, but the infiltrator <laughs> activates a self-destruct device inside itself. Faced with the prospect of the droid either blowing up their entire base or the Empire coming to look for it, Zeb instructs AP-5 to set the detonator to stall its countdown until the infiltrator transmits its collected information to the Empire. After reactivation, the droid travels back to its base ship and blasts it apart where it self-destructs. But this event does give Grand Admiral Thrawn enough intel to narrow down his search for the Rebel base. So that's what happened in that episode. <laughs> I like that they did an exercise mission, like they blasted off into space to do some squats. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. <laughs> we don't know actually what they're doing, because I, I don't really know. Yeah. So this episode's theme is short-term solutions. Mm. Yeah, this isn't the most substantial episode. Mm -hmm. It's a bottle episode, as yeah. they say in the biz. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would argue that it has zero impact on the Ark of Rebels. You could say that it's a pivotal moment for Thrawn and his discovery of the Rebels, but I would argue the way in which the Rebels are found later on in the series, this episode has nothing to do with that <laughs> moment. And I'll save that for the right episode, but zero mm -hmm. impact episode. That said, this episode is in of itself something of a short-term solution <laughs> to meeting episode quota or delaying character growth or the narrative movement of the series as a whole. Mm -hmm. It's just kind Very of a pause. Up. But putting Zeb in charge is also a short-term solution to not bringing him because I don't know why. Apparently, he's chief of security. This is news to me. <laughs> he hasn't seemed... It hasn't seemed to matter in the past, but it does now. They take him on stuff all the time, so I don't get mm -hmm. it. So maybe they're planning a surprise party. I'm not sure. <laughs> but leaving him there with some kind of short-term solution for we don't want you, I don't really get it. Anyways, AP5 also wants to use the new droid as something of a long-term or short-term solution to help him categorize and organize the base, or at least that's what he says. Uh, also, Zeb employs a short-term solution when he decides to grab the droid and have AP5 shut it down rather than immediately report the situation to Captain Sindula, mm -hmm. maybe out of fear of being insufficient. I don't really know, but um, he says it's because they don't have time, but it's a short-term solution. And finally... Freezing the infiltrator and detonating it once it returns to the Empire is a short-term solution to not being found in the moment or losing their base. That said, it's sloppy work that gives Thrawn some intel. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's <laughs> consequential intel. But as he said, they won the battle to lose the war, maybe. Mm -hmm. Though he may be assuming too much. I the theme is terse because the episode is bleh. That's like a it's it it was hard for me to put a good theme on this episode because I don't think I think it would feel like really ingen like disingenuine to dig super deep into this one. Like, you know I, what? I'm going to push back on that. I think okay. you need to give yourself a little more credit because I really like that theme, especially the point about the short term solutions leading to this revelation for Thrawn, which whether it plays out in the end or not, I don't remember. Um, but plus I also, I also kind of enjoyed this episode, but we'll get to that. I, I think that's an interesting theme. I like it. No, I, it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the episode. Like deep. No. Yeah. It's not a great theme. No. It, and it's not that I didn't enjoy the episode. It just is a, 
episode of non-consequence. Yeah, that's fair. That's and fun. usually that annoys me, but actually I quite enjoyed this one. Um, okay. But we will get to that. Interesting. You did say something that I brings me to my first point, though, is sure. why they left Zeb behind seems interesting to me. Um, uh, yeah. If Yeah. I don't get I it. I feel like he, I don't know if you've been feeling this, but Zeb's kind of taking a little bit of a backseat lately. As a character, he has, yeah. Yeah. In the in the early seasons, I feel like he was like the main muscle and he was the guy that was yeah. like, all right, we need to do a mission. Let's bring Zeb. And he's lately just been like chilling on his, like in his man cave, like leaving, stand back on base. Um, let's not forget, he was a captain of his, the Royal Guard. He's, he's a leader um, and well known amongst his people for being a leader. So I feel like it, it actually makes a lot of sense to leave him in charge and for him to be the captain of security. We don't know when he got mm-hmm. that promotion. It's true. Um, I think he should be capable with, but they've been playing him as a kind of comic relief now more than like a serious, yeah. you know, well, like you know, yeah. And, and this it's something else I was trying to think about as like mm-hmm. a, a potential theme, kind of you're speaking to it a little bit, but I'm not, it feels like character standings are all very ambiguous right now. I didn't really know how to, what to do with that as a mm, theme, but like, interesting. Callus and Thrawn, like, I thought there was an, they alluded to Thrawn knowing about Callus's, you know, mm-hmm. double agent position in the episode in Inside Man. Mm-hmm. But here, there seems to be none of that tension between them in the scenes at the end. Like, they don't, they're either not recognizing that tension or, mm-hmm it's sloppy writing or I, yeah. I, I don't know. But then similarly with Zeb, it feels like the same, like his standing feels really ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Chopper and AP fives do like the other guy, like everyone it's like titles <laughs> and care. It's like everything's been paused and there's, it's, it's just a very ambiguous episode to me. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. It's, yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. I, um, yeah, yeah, that tension's an interesting point because I do think they had illusions to that, but we don't know if it's illusions of, oh, I think Callus is a double agent or just I think we have a double agent. Now I need to suspect everyone. Also, if he did know for certain that it was Callus, I could totally still see Thrawn keeping it so close to his chest that he wouldn't care or like basically letting a Star Destroyer blow up so he can confirm his suspicions. Mm. So that, yeah, that's that's an undetermined point about what their intention is, but I could see it kind of both ways: sloppy writing or great writing. <laughs> it's something, yeah. yeah. It is something. Um, but starting at the beginning, I really enjoy this opening shot. I find it very weirdly nostalgic, and in doing my research, I realized why because it is inspired by the opening of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, exactly. Oh my yeah. god, it's totally. It's a hundred percent like these things launching out of the totally. That, I, for some reason, ever, ever since I was a little kid, I loved that opening shot. I thought that was the most like enthralling opening shot for some reason. Something about launching these pods across the universe kind of shows like the reach of the Empire to me. Um, and I found it very intimidating even when I was a kid. Mm. And then seeing like the comet, quote unquote comet, slam into the surface of Hoth. Mm. And it'd be this creepy little probe droid. Yeah, it's cool. It is creepy. Yeah, it's. I love that scene. And just like, it's such a great way to open up a movie. Um, and so I find this very, very nostalgic. And uh, it was a cool touch for me to see that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the episode, I, w- I want to get your thoughts about what you'd think about this. 
originally there were a bunch of changes that were made to this. This actually goes to a little bit of what you were saying before, but this was originally going to be a B plot for the next episode, the trials of dark saber. So when the crew leaves, they were going to go leave and go to Mandalore and they were going to leave Zeb and AP five and chopper behind, or actually they were going to leave Zeb and Rex behind. That was the original thing. And then this whole droid was going to attack the base while they were doing the dark saber stuff. Mm. Um, so I thought, first of all, they broke it up. They thought there was enough story to break them up into their own episodes. Um, which is interesting. And then also I wonder how this would have changed if it was Rex and Zeb instead of Zeb and the droids. It would have been the same. I, <laughs> I don't see it being too different. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's um because they kept alluding to it's like, oh, the dynamic between Rex and the droids. It's so great. It's blah, blah, blah. Pablo even said that AP5 and Chopper are their C3PO and R2D2. Um, I don't know if I see. I mean, it's it's like there's some good comic points here, but I don't see it necessarily being like because they have a great relationship with the droids. Mm. Um, I think it's just kind of like dopey humor that I I tend to like. And it could have been, you know, Rex. It could have been Hobby. It could have been whoever making those jokes about Zeb and them kind of landing. I don't know if you think that they have some special dynamic or anything like that. Hmm. It's no, I, it's, it's not so special. I don't know. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, totally. Um, but I mentioned them, we see wedge and hobby. They're, they're half shields. Cause I guess they didn't want to animate their actual face, but they were like, Hey, wedge hobby, what's up Yeah, um, in this episode. And then in that scene where Tara tells them to get, get on their, uh, get on their ships, you see uh, Ezra and, Zeb fist bump in the background. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I don't know why I did. I thought it was funny. What was that implication? He's like, yeah, get on the ship's hobby. I don't know. I no, it was like they, they they were splitting ways. So it's like, see you. Uh, okay. All right. I get it. I, I thought it was like, I love a man in uniform. Fist bump. Yeah. I, um, that's probably it. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, they're in the rebel outfits now, which is interesting. And this is a kind of cool Easter egg. This is fun because this is actually like a little bit of a mystery Easter egg. And it's not just like a throwback to an old movie. But um, Wedge's helmet, if you translate the Arabesh, says Mala. Um, what? Yep. It says M-A-L-A, Mala. Okay. In Aftermath, he we, we mentioned this, but he says the Empire took someone he loves away from him. So I assume he doinked Chewbacca's wife and she was killed by the Empire. Sure. No, I'm just joking. Um, I actually have some real info. This is not confirmed at all. I did some sleuthing, did some gum shoeing, and in Legends, there is a character named Mala Tenero who lives on Corellia and is Wedge's lover before the rebellion. She is a rebel, but Wedge doesn't want to sign up with the rebellion until she is killed, a.k.a. fridged. And that is the catalyst in Legends as to why Wedge signs up to fight the Empire. So we know in new canon that's Mm. not the reason he joins the rebellion, but it is interesting that they put the name of his Legends lover on his helmet. I don't know if that's just a throwback or if they're going to try to introduce her in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a fun little tidbit. Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, I I just noticed this. I don't know if maybe you figured this out before I did, but have you noticed where the base is actually located? Like the physical location on the planet? Yeah, it's weird. Well, you notice it when they, um, when the droid first sees it. Yeah. It's like, and I had no idea. It's, I wouldn't know how to describe it. It's like on the, the leaf of a, it's like on the branch of a tree almost, but not actually. Totally. Yeah. Well, they call it leaves. So the, those, those things that are jutting up in that cool coral pattern are exactly what those are. It's coral on the face of the planet. And so they call that like the coral forest or something like that. And they say that the coral has leaves. So they look kind of like calcified trees, like palm trees almost. And I don't know why they didn't give that more attention. Like it's cool enough to show that in more detail. I don't know why we're just seeing it now. Or maybe, I don't don't think we would have missed it. We would have saw that. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is weird that it's, but it's, yeah, it's, it's such a cool idea for a planet. Um, I feel like this is a new kind of ecosystem that we haven't seen. Um, and the base is on the leaf. And then the cool thing is that other parts of the base aren't different leaves. So it's kind of like a weird like tree fort. So like the supply depot where AP5 is counting all the stuff he wants to count is underneath where that main control place is where they message Fulcrum. It's on mm-hmm. the leaf below it. So they have like a bunch of ladders and pulley systems and like bridges that go from leaf to leaf, which I think is a really cool touch. It is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, how do you feel about the humor of this episode? Namely, the dumb jokes to Zep. I think they're funny. Yeah, I uh, thought they were funny. They did get a little old after a while. I'm like, okay, cool. AP5 thinks Zeb's dumb. I get it. Yeah. The, I mean, but it, for this episode, I'm like, I don't know what else you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. So just keep telling stupid jokes. It felt mm-hmm. right. It felt right for the episode. I was like, sure, keep going. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I will say that one dumb move that he had is it's very fun to me that the chief of security brought a unidentified piece of technology into their secret base. Yeah, that didn't feel I. Yeah, it felt sloppy. It all felt sloppy. Even if it was like, like, I don't even I don't even work somewhere super fancy. I just work at a place where you need a key card to get in. And like, I don't know, I feel like I'd get in trouble if I like brought like a like a if I found a like Alexa on the street and brought it in and a security officer's like, Hey, where'd you get that from? Yeah. They kept saying, yeah, we're just a bunch of rebels hanging out here. Just doing rebel stuff. Hope we don't get found out. It was all, (laughs) yeah, it was all sloppy. Yeah, it was. Um, but there is a kind of fun thing when he is doing that and he's kind of, you know, swinging his big butt around being like, I'm in charge. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, he decides to bring the droid to the base. And then if you listen closely, you could subtly tell that Chopper says, I've got a bad feeling about this. What? Yeah. Of course you disagree and want to trash it. Well, I suppose since Hera left you in charge. Oh, wait, she didn't. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's pretty fun. Huh. I, yeah, it's the right episode for it. (laughs) Totally. I feel like they've gotten better at Easter eggs lately. Cause I think the ones that they've seen before, like there hasn't been a lot of Ralph McQuarrie ism. Oh, um, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's one in this, but we haven't, we haven't actually been 
doing the drinking game often lately. Like where it's just like everything is like, yeah, that was a Ralph McQuarrie painting. That was a Ralph McQuarrie painting. That was a Ralph McQuarrie painting. Yeah. I mean, I um, guess I feel like they've gotten more subtle with their Easter eggs. Lately. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously AP five we dug into, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, what, what we're referring to about the Ralph McQuarrie is, and we've talked about this a bunch because we have seen this droid quite a bit is that this droid from the empire um, is based on the original Ralph McQuarrie sketch of C-3PO. So that's why AP-5 says it's some kind of protocol droid. Um, which, that's not new information, but I do have new information. So canonically, this protocol protocol droid is called the RQ protocol droid. I'll let you have one guess what the RQ stands for. RQ? No idea. Yeah. Ralph. Oh, stupid. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, but it's also colloquial. What's that word? You know better words. Colloquial. I sound like Eeyore when I say that. Um, but it's locally known as the Lothal Protocol Droid. Mm. Um, this model is manufactured specifically on Lothal and has many of the same features and functions of expensive protocol droids found in other areas of the galaxy, but they often lacked the expensive metallic plating on other protocol droids, which means he d- it did not require costly cosmetic upgrades and it did not require upkeep for that finish. Mm. So that's why they were ideal for governments, military and private ownership. So they're kind of like the Kirkland brand of C3PO. Great. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a nice touch. Mm. Um, also, but, you know, as an ex-Imperial st- strategy droid, you sure. would assume that AP-5 would know all about these things. Like, I don't know why AP-5, like, evidently knows everything about everything. But then when they bring in this, like, secret droid, they're just like, yeah, this seems fine. I don't, I've never seen one of these in inventory and don't know history of it and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> Yeah, it it's it's a whole epi- it's a whole episode of not having good it like of it, it you have to suspend your dis- disbelief the whole time. Yeah. Like why isn't why isn't he going with them? Why is he staying mm-hmm. on? Like there's every like almost everything about this episode I have to go, okay, I just have to buy that and move with it. <laughs> um, yeah, fair. there's just a ton of that. And I think yeah. I think you will benefit if you do because like i mentioned i did actually enjoy this one and there's some specific things i'll talk about that i thought were really cool um yeah i mean if yeah i don't think i'll ever watch it after we just watched it to be honest (laughs) yeah yeah um but speaking of things that are really cool and i mean really 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 cool we've talked about we talked about this before because i just couldn't hold it in um when we talked about remember the poster for bosco face Um, he's like a famous singer or something like yeah. that, um, from Zeb's homeworld. So, um, so he's like a Lasat celebrity. Um, and so this is the episode that I talked about before when this protocol droid wakes up, it scans everyone and kind of does an inventory of them. And it says AP five droid, blah, 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 blah. And then it scans Zeb and says species Lasat, non Bosco face. Yeah. Say so, it again. Evidently the empire. Just classifies people as Bosco face or non Bosco face. Yep. That's the binary between law. Listen, we're all just non Lady Lady Gaga's. Yep, I know. I remind myself that every day. 
Um, but I want to dig deep into this droid a little bit. I do think it's kind of a cool touch. Um, Dave Filoni says he regrets not making this droid the same one as K2SO because mm. it's very similar stylistically yeah. and it came out so close to Rogue One. I think there is a little bit of like a difference because I think it, for the story-wise, it makes sense that this droid's more of like a covert operation spy droid kind yeah. of thing, like an infiltrator droid. So like if you saw K2SO pop up, then you wouldn't let him in your base because you know he's like in a military assault droid. Yeah. But it would be a kind of a cool tie-in to the movies if they had K- the K... I don't know what his droid type is. I just call him K2SOs because I'm racist. So that's how I know him. Yeah. Um, and like we've mentioned, he's probably my favorite droid. So that would have been sick to see. Like, I feel like an animated version of K2SO would look dope. Yeah, I I mean he's my favorite droid. Honestly, he's my favorite droid. Yeah. So put yeah. him anywhere, put his droid anywhere. Yeah, probably my favorite thing about Rogue One, to be oh, honest. Oh, sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't have any Star Wars toys. The only one I have is a K two S O just to put him on my desk. Oh, that's sick. I like that. Yeah, that's tight. Um, but the real name of this protocol droid, because it is not a protocol droid as we discovered, is an EXD infiltrator droid. Mm-hmm. This one specifically is named EXD-9. Okay. Um, these droids are so dangerous Whoa. that they were actually outlawed by the Empire. Sure. Um, because I guess they probably had a lot of these warhead mishaps or mm-hmm. something like that, or they just went crazy and murdered everyone. Um, so the, the Empire banned them, and Thrawn is breaking an Imperial mandate by sending these out. Wow. Yeah. Um, the... Also, the droid's countdown at the end is a nod to Predator. About how the Predator uh, would kill it. It funny. blows up. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of fun, too. Um, and it was voiced by David Accord, who is a sound editor that works for Skywalker Sound, who also voiced GH7, the medical analysis droid, which helped give birth to the twins in Return of the Sith and says that he doesn't know what's wrong with Padme as she is giving birth. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I feel like you like those droids, so I thought that was a little little touch for you. Yeah, I do. I do like those. I like the <laughs> Uba droids. Yeah, totally. Um, these are the th- this is the point where I start really enjoying the episode. I really like Fulcrum and his like, spy games. I like Fulcrum and Thrawn. Those are the cool parts. Yeah. yeah. That's a good dynamic, and I like his when he sees the thing explode, and it's like, "What? What happened? Give me a report right now!" And then he turns to the thing, and you see like the sly smile yeah. on his face. Like that's kind of a cool touch. Trying to figure out like what Thrawn knows, what he doesn't know, and then at the end when he reveals that he's narrowed down the systems of the rebel base can be on. You know, Thrawn has to. They do a good job of animating like his stoic imperialness but kind of seeing the gears turn in the back of his head where he's like oh crap yeah i need to report this Uh oh he's getting closer this is dangerous yeah um yeah so i i I just love his music honestly i was trying to think about what do i like what do i like about it i just love (laughs) like you played um breath of the wild zelda Mm mm-hmm Hell he, yeah. That music when you get into uh Hyrule Castle when is 
it reminds it's like very similar to this like organ like very creepy like i love it so much there's like a weird like halloween comfort about it to me yeah it's like phantom of the opera it's very cool it's tight yeah that's a really good touch um and i'm 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 excited to see this dynamic go back and forth um the other thing i enjoyed is i did actually enjoy the action scenes in this um i thought that it's staged like very horror movie ish Mm -hmm. um it would make sense that the countdown timer is inspired by predator because I could also see this kind of being like a predator thing. Mm. Like I like the, like, you know, that a dangerous bad guy is somewhere on the base and they're sneaking around corners, like trying to like find it and, but like not get killed by this dangerous thing. I think it, the way they did it built the tension really nicely for Mm. me. Um, and another very dark, implication that i liked is how they would turn the corner and he's just like this xd droid is just like harvesting organs of other droids that he killed yeah um what did you think about the implications about that because we know that people have like special relationships with droids like chopper even gets a vote for god's sake (laughs) um they're basically sentient and so this like XD droid is just ripping out their guts and like putting them inside of himself. Mm. Like that's pretty dark. Um, and I thought yeah. it, 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 it led to that way. Halloween tense tense yeah. that I think you were talking about that I thought was a really cool vibe for this episode. It, yeah. I, I think you, that is a hundred percent like what I did like about this episode. Whereas, mm-hmm. and I think that totally. mixes exactly with like kind of those Thrawn, like, um, very organ Halloween creepy. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you're selling the episode for me again. Maybe I would. <laughs> maybe I would rewatch it. All right, nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, there are some stuff that you have to suspend your disbelief though, so I'm totally on board about that. Um, and Pablo even said talking about the droids. I think this is an interesting touch because you notice this XD droid has no personality. I think that's due to what we've spoken about before, where when you if you don't erase a droid's memory, then they start to develop a personality, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Empire wipes them constantly. So the Empire very clearly sees droids as tools, but the rebels see them more like friends and partners. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because within the universe they're in, like the Star Wars universe, like, AI has personality where within ours, it does not like we're, we're not at that level. So it's like, you can't really make the one-to-one of like, yeah, they're just computers. Like, like, yeah, I don't, I'm I'm not going to bring my iPhone. Like, it'd be weird if I went into like a bar and they're like, you can't bring your iPhone in here, but it's not like that. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. It is actually kind of interesting to think about because it goes to kind of how like the otherism of the empire, which I think is a very like salient point right now. You know, we know that aliens like the Wookiees, they don't see them as sentient beings. They've even talked about, you know, one Imperial officer talked about wanting to harvest them for their meat so that they can basically use Wookiees as livestock. See, you know, protocol droids walking around like they have a little bit of a personality. I've got to imagine that the everyday, everyday space Joe doesn't, um, wipe their droids memory unless they really need to, if they're like corrupted or there's a huge problem and it's probably a bummer for them to have to wipe their memory and lose all that personality. Um, 
And the Empire just doesn't see that at all. They're they're also subjugating droids in that way, where they're just keeping them artificially down by not letting them develop anything more than just their very base programming. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> yep. point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you, how did you like this plan that of sending the warhead back and how it was executed? I mean, the whole, th- again, it's just largely suspension of disbelief because it's like, <laughs> I don't understand the technology of I'm able to reprogram this droid enough. Like this isn't science fiction. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like I can reprogram this droid to get him to self-destruct after they've extracted information and only at that point, but I can't just <laughs> stop this droid from exploding. Mm. I don't know. It, it doesn't make, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me. Like I can't wipe this. Like, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so because I don't understand the technology or the, it wasn't explained well because it's a kid show. Yeah. It's like, the plan works, but I'm like, well, if that plan works, like why couldn't you have like done it in such a way where it goes back and just goes, I didn't find anything. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, they did say that the memory core was protected so it couldn't like wipe the memory or anything like that. But I, I totally agree, especially the point where chopper just freezes like the warhead and it's just like, all right, the timer stopped. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah. Like has the military ever thought about disarming bombs by spraying biofreeze on them? Yeah. It's there's <laughs> gaps in the perfect places. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's totally. like air vents. It's, it's going back to like our mm-hmm. air vents and no security cameras. It's like, we're going to allow you to, we're going to make it, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to make it difficult, but not impossible with a few totally. key, you know, uh, like, it, I mean, it's the death star. <laughs> Yeah, There's a totally. shaft where if you put a proton torpedo just, you know, through, you can explode this whole thing. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. that it, it seems like there's, there must be Galen Urso's all over the empire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They all have like weird things. Like, it's like, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to make this droid that kills a bunch of people. It's super dangerous, but I'll put in one weakness. Hopefully no one has an ice spray. Yeah. It's just <laughs> There's Galen Ursos everywhere. So yeah, there's, look, there's this is an assassin droid. But if you play jazz music, he is done. There could be a rogue one for this episode specifically. For every episode of Rebels, there could be a rogue one where the engineer yeah. put something in. Yeah, totally. Um, so I I agree with you a hundred percent on that. But you know, if we are going to suspend our disbelief, which we should, because it's fun. Yeah, no, it's a fun kid show. In you space. should. If you don't, then yeah. you should not be watching this. Exactly. Like when you, and you should not be listening to us because we're not the people who are going to be throwing stones because, oh, the space story doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but so I will say that, you know, story-wise, logistically, I actually thought this plan was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> the visuals of the droid returning and those dummies like opening it up and being like, oh, that's weird. It's counting down. <laughs> like, I thought that was kind of a, a, a fun little way to end this episode with death um the only things my only reservations there's two points that i want to bring up that i don't think zeb really thought through which maybe shows a little bit more of what they think about zeb is what if callus was on that ship that's the first thing he had no idea the first thing i thought yeah it's like and callus was very close to it even if he wasn't on the ship what if they were parked like next to the ship when it exploded and then it took out his ship too yeah Um, i I, guess zeb just doesn't i I just 
I don't think he doesn't care. Yeah, I think he just either didn't think about it or it's, I don't know. Totally. And then the other thing, I always go back to like clerks when he's just like, you know, the, the rebels are terrorists. <laughs> they were just like janitors and stuff on the Death Star. All these people don't have families now because of Luke Skywalker. Um, so I looked it up on Wikipedia. Do you know how many people man a single Star Destroyer? Oh, it's, it's, if I had to guess, I don't know. It's got to be at least 500. 37,000. That's more than, that's Zeb more people than go killed. to an Oakland A's game. <laughs> Zeb just killed a baseball stadium worth of people. <laughs> wow. Must've been fireworks night. There's a lot of people there. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's re- that's wild. Okay, so Zeb and they just like are like high five, cool, I did it. So you can no longer feel empathy for Zeb's like Lasat <laughs> genocide because he just committed it. Okay, so okay, yeah. so let's back up. Okay. They leave for a training exercise. <laughs> Zeb kills thirty seven thousand people. <laughs> yeah, and I like I was just like, all right, I want to report. He's like. Well, it wasn't my fault. It's like he's all bashful and weird about it. That's not the way that a mass murderer should really be feeling right now. Huh. And I understand like the 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 rebuttal is it's a military operation, a military ship. These people signed up for it, which which that's true to a certain point. But, you know, there are a lot of janitors and people who just want to, you know, clock in and out and just get home to their families. Um, we even see canonically, you know, there's like in Lost Stars, uh, what's his face from Alderaan. He's kind of maybe a bad guy, but there's a lot of friends that Sienna has that are just like, I don't know. I think the Empire like, can give stability for my family and they're trying to make it a better place, even though I don't agree with them. And they're generally good people. And Zeb just killed all of them. <laughs> the Empire's not just made of Tarkins and Vader's. Wow. Huh? Very dark. Yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have two small points to close this out, and then I don't know if you had any other notes. Um, first, we mentioned this. One of the cool things about Thrawn's character that I think they're starting to develop a little bit more is, you know, even when he loses, he wins. And so this should be a pretty big loss for the, for the Empire, but he sees the upside in it. And is able to not act emotionally um, and process the data in the way that now he has narrowed it down to 94 systems that they can be in. Which again, 94 too is a little bit of an Easter egg. It's one of George Lucas's lucky numbers and a reference to Docking Bay 94 from the original movie. Yep, yep, yep. So I think that's kind of a nice touch just seeing um, it's a different type of villainy and evilness through Thrawn that I don't think we are used to seeing in pop culture a lot, which I really enjoy. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. Um, I don't remember if this was an episode with you or one with Jonah Marie where I mentioned this, but I think it was one with you when we were on Tony Thaxton, but you couldn't really see it. The sick Ed Hardy. Yeah. You could totally see it under this one. It's very clear. Totally. Yeah. It's um, very cool. Actually. It's the, it's the first time. I've yeah. I was going to ask if you liked I do. it. I do. Yeah, it's, it's very a Thrawn. really cool touch. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I feel like Thrawn's like secretly extra. Like he has like 
He wants to be like cool and just be like, oh no, I am calculated and I am just a military mastermind. But like, and he, he has a fancy office and he wears like a fancy uniform no one else has. And he has a fancy ship no one else has. Like, I feel like he closes the door and like lets his hair down. And it's just like dancing to disco music. And like, yeah. he's like an ins- in- inside freak. Oh yeah. I don't know why dancing to disco music shows that someone's a freak, but that's, that's what I think in my mind. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> um yeah yeah so look up um if you look at the episode guide for this um or you just search the chimera that is the name of the ship that is then what the ship was called in the in legends so that is how you know that this star destroyer is Thrawn's specific star destroyer it has this etching on the bottom of i don't really know what a chimera is i feel like i mentioned it when we first talked about it yeah, but it's like a two-headed yeah. serpent with like spider legs it's really crazy crazy and creepy and looks very cool yeah um yep yeah it's tight so that was my last note did you have anything else you wanted to chat about um i'll throw out one other theme i was i was going to throw i remember this from i remember this from way back and i don't know i don't know where some i feel Mm -hmm. like i i got this knowledge somewhere from like reading canterbury tales or like the fairy Mm -hmm. queen like some old english book but uh mm-hmm. there's this idea called morton's fork where it's a, mm. a certain delicious yeah, it's delicious and i think <laughs> it's basically like a you're in a you're in a circumstance where you it's like false stakes and you think and there's all these different possibilities how, how what do you do if i do this then this then this but inevitably like you're tricking yourself because they're all going to lead to the same end and that's kind of what this episode felt like to me it's like with z- it's like the end of, and I feel like with Thrawn spinning things, he, I don't know if he, he's just, he's a good politician. He's good at saying, well, this mm-hmm. helps because of this, like any, <laughs> any ending will help him somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. But like, also there was nothing Zeb could have done that would have not given them away. So it's like mm-hmm. the whole thing was false stakes. And yeah, um, was fun, and you in talking to you, I, I totally agree. This is fun because it's creepy. I really like it. I didn't realize how much I liked, <laughs> yeah, how much I love the creepy, but I really do. Yeah, I think you and I both have an affinity for creepy. To to, I would say not to creepy, maybe to like, to the comforts of like, like the cozy creepy. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which this episode. It reminds me of when, so Mike and I used to live together and we had a fireplace and we had a room with a fireplace. We call it the cabin room. And whenever the weather would turn, we would walk down to Starbucks and get gingerbread lattes together and sit by the fire. Oh yeah. And just like enjoy the creepiness. We'd really, we'd go, go wild for Halloween. Oh yeah. The cozy creepy. It's the best. Yeah. It's my favorite time of year. Absolutely. Well, how we wrap up each episode is with a rating scale of current most favorite thing to current least favorite thing in Star Wars. Then we rank the episode. Peter, do you want to give an example? Yeah. Um, So my favorite thing in Star Wars right now is Rey pulling the lightsaber out of the snow and it whizzing past Kylo Ren's face. 
My least favorite thing is everything C-3PO has ever done at any time other than in the original trilogy. Between those two things, this episode is in Return of the, M- Return of the Empire. Return of the Empire. I mean, that's basically the title <laughs> of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. In Empire Strikes Back on Hoth after they shoot down the probe droid and Chewbacca's like still scared of it. And Han Solo's like, you big baby. Oh, that, good uh, I love that moment. And so to me, that is a B plus. That's great. I, I, I have yep. had to reorganize this episode in my mind mm-hmm. based on what you've said about it. And I'm liking it mm. more and I want to watch it more now because, because of the cozy creepy we talked about. So totally. on a scale of um, my current most favorite thing being the final battle between Obi-Wan and Maul to my current least favorite thing being just the entirety of the 1997 re-release changes. Mm-hmm. I will give this episode a Lady Proxima emerging from her her pool in <laughs> Solo, Ooh. which is a very cool, very creepy moment, yeah. very Jim Henson-esque kind of dark crystal-like moment that I really Nailed enjoyed. It. And the just thinking about those creepy elements of this episode, um, yeah, I, I would give it to that, which to me is like a, a very strong B. It's like a B to B plus range. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cozy up in the cabin room and enjoy this episode. If you've got a cabin room of your own, because that's what we are celebrating right now with those B's to B pluses. That's right. I love that. Sweet. Um, well, Mike, would you like to tell people where they can find us? Yeah, uh, you can find us at Rebels Rebels Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can email the show at RebelsRebelsPod at gmail.com with any, just, you want to have a conversation, start it there. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm really excited for next episode. Obviously, it's a dope episode if you know what's coming next, but we're going to have some very fun guests on. If you are a fan of our D&D episodes, you will be a fan of that oh episode. So please check it out. Wow. That is what I call a tease. Wow, that's a big episode, too. It's, it's, yep. I, 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 yeah, I would, it's, I would say in my mind is what makes Rebel so great is some of these, um, yeah. yeah, we're getting into it. We're definitely getting into it. Totally. Yep. So please check those out. Check out our D&D episodes. Hit us up online. And in the meantime... Let's blow this popsicle joint. Yeah, remember, until next time, be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.